This is the John Favreau's My Daddy podcast with Jessica Garcia and Monica Montoya. Monica, is that you? Yeah, I feel like I'm like one of those DJs, those disc jockeys, if you will. <laughs> we haven't recorded in so long. No. You want to know a fun factoid that I found out? There hasn't been a daddy in these parts for 25 years. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Um, It's been like two weeks. What's the fact? Two weeks. How long have we been on this rock? My my point, exactly. Truly. <laughs> we don't know how long we've been in the lighthouse, you guys. <laughs> um. So I was reading up on uh jockeys as in the 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 wee fellas on horses as in the guys who or 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 gals sure honestly anyone who decides to smack their booty right on a one of them hosses <laughs> and ride that hoss to victory <laughs> uh i didn't know to be really honest with you i don't know that much about like equestrianism okay, hosses okay. hosses hey i don't know anything about that stuff okay however I was looking up jockeys because I realized in my lifetime, I've only ever seen jockeys who are like four feet tall or something. Yeah, very small. And I was very confused. I was like, well, why are all jockeys short? In the same way of like, why why are all basketball players tall? tall? And they're tall because legend has it. They have to be tall enough to like reach over other guys to like shoot the ball into the net thing. Yeah. Right. Back to jockeys. So the reason why this is so fascinating uh-huh. is they have to maintain like a certain weight. Yeah. Uh, in order to like qualify to like be a, a jockey. Okay. Um, and it's like an embarrassingly low number. Oh, like, that's upsetting. Like it's unhealthy for like women to weigh that much or that little. Um, and so what they have, uh, what they have, um, available at like all of the what are what are the places where jockeys go racetracks the racetracks <laughs> what they have installed at all of the racetracks uh-huh. are these giant troughs where they can throw up in <gasps> that they have like connected to like a you know how like every sink has every sink has like a a hole yeah and like it, it you all know, drains sh- lead to it, the ocean yeah all drains lead to the ocean <laughs> there are these like troughs that where all of the troughs are like interconnected and all the vomit leads to the trash, I guess. <laughs> That's fucking disgusting. Isn't that horrible? I am upset and we'll be going to the racetracks and, immediately. And uh, uh, from what I was reading, a lot of jockeys like have fake teeth because they throw up so much that like the their stomach acid like erodes their teeth. What the fuck? And yeah, isn't that insane? That, also, I don't like that. Also jockeys like because they train at, from such a young age, they like do everything in their power to stunt their growth. Oh my god. To like make sure that they can become a jockey. That's crazy. And ride their horse. Ride that horse. So, isn't that fascinating that's insane i think it's crazy it's like almost as crazy as like what women have to go through with like gymnastics and stuff yeah did you see that one documentary about gymnastics no (laughs) well i did okay (laughs) i also would like to recommend to all of our listeners a documentary on fungi i will leave it in the show notes for you later (laughs) what the fuck (laughs) all fungi are interconnected jessica like all drains lead to the ocean? Exactly. It all circles back around. <laughs> 
circularity so what have you been up to while during our break oh goodness me what have i been up to i've been in long beach a lot long beach been in long beach a lot um i've been there for the past week because my bathroom is being fixed and i am not my landlord has been in my unit a lot <clears throat> so i needed to take my cat somewhere not in my apartment because my landlord shouldn't know she exists. dude did you um like take her litter box away and yeah. stuff okay good i put everything away it does not look like a cat has ever been in there okay good yeah <laughs> yeah but they there was a leak in my bathroom wall so the paint was bubbling it was wild yeah what yeah I know. what does it mean for like is it like someone upstairs that like yeah, left the so water the, running or something no i think a pipe broke broke had a leak in it 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 burst it burst and then it leaked into the wall and it leaked down into our unit and then it (laughs) went into the wall and was bubbling up all the paint and in the ceiling and it was fucking crazy is it leaked or luck leaked for sure (laughs) (laughs) it luck all over the place it luck (laughs) it it done luck all over the place all over the place i done lucked it (laughs) <laughs> it's looking everywhere. <laughs> That's one lucky pipe. <laughs> I hate you. You're welcome. Monica. Yes. We have an announcement to make. <gasps> or rather, an announcement of congratulations. We have some sincere congratulations to pass on yes. to one of our oldest wisest listeners old as in not old but as in has been listening for a long time correct since very early the dawn i would say i would say the dawn since since the dawn dish soap of our generation yeah 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 so obviously we're talking about susan susan number one fan number one friend of the pod Susan and baby. Monica, you gave it away. Susan's having a baby. Susan's having a baby. We wish her well in her efforts to procreate. Cha-cha-cha-cha. Cha-cha-cha-cha. Start a family, Susan. We believe in you, Susan. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it, Susan. All I ask is that you um, make sure its middle name is john, john <laughs> and you put um headphones on your belly every night when you listen to this. yes <laughs> i want your babe uh-huh. to be our youngest listener oh uh, yeah for sure in the womb yeah i guess we'll make a t-shirt just for the baby just for the baby oh we should send her a onesie we should <sighs> susan send us your address you know yeah. how, you know where to find us, girl. Yeah, girl. <laughs> yeah, girl. <laughs> and we'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Now back to the show. 
Okay, Monica, who are we talking about today? We're talking about the one, the only, Benedictio Comorbaccio. Si, the, you know, the very famous Italian actor. The very famous Benedicto Cucumbro. <laughs> Benedict Cucumba. <laughs> Benedictio Compracciccio. So famous. <laughs> so famous. So right. <ripe. laughs> so crazy. crazy it's famous. so crazy that he's crazy so famous. Crazy famous. <laughs> it is a wackadoodle. He's famous. Crazy how famous he is, this Benedicto. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm going to tell you about him. Listen, guys, when you don't record for two, three weeks, I don't know. It has not been three. It's been like two weeks. How long has it been? It's been two weeks. (laughs) How long have we been on this (laughs) rock? Okay, I'm going to tell you about the lovely Benedict Cumberbatch. Whoa, hi and mighty. Who is this American actor? (laughs) (laughs) Benedict Timothy Carlton Cumberbatch, commander of the British Empire. Wow. Because he got one of them awards from the queen. What? power does the queen have to give people command she's the queen so uh god chose her specifically i may not understand how monarchies work Mm. i may have to look into that you may have to just watch the crown i do watch the crown but i still don't understand how they got their power so (laughs) he is an english actor and also third cousin 16 times removed of King Richard III. My favorite Shakespeare play. Wow. He was born into a very posh English family with a rather um, checkered past and attended boarding schools for most of his life, making his acting debut at the age of 12 in a production of a Midsummer Night's Dream in which he played Titania, Queen of the Fairies. No freaking way. <laughs> I have been in multiple productions of like we're talking like more than three productions okay. of midsummer Who did you play and i only played one character because i've only ever been cast as one character were you one of the the things <clears throat> who were you no i oh, have only ever played robin goodfellow <laughs> in every single That's production. so specific yeah Puck. <laughs> i have like the I, I always had the monologue at the end good where i'm like motherfuckers come in and, and all this men did and uh, good night <laughs> exactly i thought you were gonna way. tell me you you always played like uh one of those weird fucking fairies not, not the fairies the the one where it's like sprout or mustard seed or bottom <laughs> <laughs> no dude uh yeah i've only ever been cast as like the the little like sprite shit mischievous mischievous sprite <laughs> Benedict went on to study drama in university and continued his training at Lambda, where he currently serves at this, as the school's president. Wow. Since 2001, Daddy Benny has starred in many classic plays done by England's most prominent theaters, but it was his role as Stephen Hawking in the 2004 miniseries Hawking that started his success in film and television. When he portrayed Sherlock Holmes in the BBC PBS series Sherlock in 2010, he really started to gain global attention and widespread critical acclaim. Since then, he has only continued on his path of stardom, receiving many accolades and nominations, including two Academy Award nominations. He also has an odd love of radio and narration, providing his (laughs) signature voice to many audiobooks, documentaries, and BBC radio productions. When he isn't acting or using his sexy, sexy voice, he is doing a number of 
of uncanny celebrity impressions and of course being a philanthropist because he's a good man i guess and he's also the literal daddy to three sons benedict we salute you and we are very glad you survived getting abducted in south africa because that happened to him once the end oh (laughs) there's a lot to unpack he was abducted at gunpoint in south africa i know like kim kardashian not well maybe (laughs) (laughs) wasn't she like held up at gunpoint she was held up in paris i think for like her jewelry for her jewels oh my god i know Two celebrities who have enough. Two peas in a trauma pod. Two peas in a pod. <laughs> My whole thing is like, I'm, <laughs> I am truly amazed that he's the president of Lambda. I had no idea. Or at least he was in like 2018. Where does he get like the time? Right. <laughs> I'm like, how are you a it whole has ass to president? Just, it must just be like a kind of position yeah you know what i mean like one of those like mm, mm, mm. like like <laughs> like fucking lady gaga being creative director of polaroid oh my god right <laughs> i love it's you like girl. one of those i love you girl but you we know you ain't doing anything there <laughs> that is the only clip of kanye that i approve <laughs> i like some of the gaga songs what the fuck does she know about cameras <laughs> I can't. <laughs> oh man, my boy Yay. He's keeping it messy online. <laughs> Always That's one way to put it. Messy. <laughs> Poor Skeet. <Aww>. Oh. <laughs> okay, Monica. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the first thing we're talking about. This is big for us. This is a big deal. I am delighted and honored and also thrilled to announce <laughs> our very first television episode up for consideration correct for your consideration and let me tell you we did not consider it lightly no we didn't in fact this we watched something else and we and did we're planning on talking about something else and then we were like you know what it's not good enough we have to go with this one thing yeah um and uh most of you probably know benedict cumberbatch from this series it was a very very popular series in the uh like 2010s yes a little show called <laughs> Sherlock. <gasps> I know. I know. Uh, today we are covering the one and only Sherlock pilot, a study in pink. It came out in 2010. It was written by Steve Moffat, directed by Paul McGuigan, <laughs> based on the works by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. <gasps> I know. I know. It's crazy. It is, it is pretty, it's pretty titillating to think about (laughs) that we went against our own grain and chose a TV show episode. There were, listen, there's a lot, I can say a lot of things to defend us. We're not going to do this all the time. No, (laughs) don't, we're, don't be like, but you got to do the episode of this. We won't do it. We're only going to do it when the pilot is like really representative of the whole. Of the entire, like you could, the pilot just happens again and again and again. So I'm just letting you guys know. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so yeah, so. This is a little bit on the uh, study in pink. War veteran Dr. John Watson, played by the scrumdiddlyumptious Martin Freeman, <laughs> returns to London in place in need of a place to stay. He meets Sherlock Holmes, played by Benedict Cumberbatch, a consulting detective, and the two soon find themselves digging into a string of serial, quote-unquote, suicides. <gasps> or are they? Gasp. 
Yeah. So I have never understood what like a consulting detective was. He has no credentials. None. He has no education. Is this a real thing? I have no idea because I was looking. I would feel like no. Well, I was looking it up (laughs) in doing like the research for for this episode. I was looking it up like a couple weeks ago and I was like very confused because every time I typed up like consulting detective, it's detectives who have been detectives before that come back and consult on a case. But there has never been like real records of someone who's not a detective and not even like adjacent to the police force or right. or not even like like has no phd no graduate degree like nothing because we're talking yeah. sherlock is literally just like air like he's nothing he's a scallywag he's a scallywag um and that they don't exist not in yeah. the way that's being portrayed on sherlock no like <laughs> basically sherlock's whole thing and this is uh present in many different versions which by the way if you if you didn't know sherlock is one of the most uh, adapted and reproduced stories of all time. Yeah. <laughs> because the rights are, are muck free, free 99. <laughs> <laughs> because I think it's like public, public domain or something. Yeah. Now. Um, but yeah, consulting detectives are not really a thing. So that's that not just surprising. Throws off the whole fucking pilot, doesn't it? <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, but also I feel like, uh, everything he does is like superhuman and well, yeah, thus it's, that's also not very realistic. Well, he, he like shoots up in order to like think about things <laughs> like he like either do, like puts on tobacco patches or like, and again, this happens like throughout almost every adaptation ever. He like does cocaine. He does, he does some light heroin. It's fine. It's fine. It's casual. It's, it's recreational. Listen, heroin is natural. It's from a poppy. Poppy seed. <laughs> <laughs> what was that thing that you, that you guys did in high school or was it your brother who did it in high school where they like, they like planted, oh, they a planted all the poppies on the senior lawn <laughs> <laughs> because they're protected by the state of California. So the school could not dig them up. <laughs> Golden state flower sun yeah, protected yeah. by the law. California pride. California bro. Golden state. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get into it. Let's get into the pilot of Sherlock. Um, the editing is very... <laughs> The like the the editing of the pilot is very like twenty ten. I guess it's also just it's so it's aged quite a bit. It has aged like the the title sequence is probably the most like mid two thousands title yeah. sequence I've ever seen. Yeah, um, it is not aging that well. There are some like there are some shows whose title sequence age really yeah, well, really really well. Sherlock is not one of not them. Sherlock. It's like it's like um. <laughs> What made me think of it and what I wrote down was that it reminded me of Seven, <laughs> where like the title <laughs> sequence is like super like dated. It's very chaotic. And, you, and it's very chaotic. It's kind of the same vibe. Yeah. Like it's just very dated. I would agree with that. And so right off the bat, you're like, okay, this is going to be an old show. <laughs> like this yes. is going to be one of them old shows. One of them old shows. Um, But then the pilot happens. But then the pilot happens and we meet the lovely, lovely Benedicto. Benedicto Cumberbatchio. Exactly. Actually, we Prince don't Italy. meet him. Well, we we meet him later, but we're not talking about Martin Freeman right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do want to talk about Martin Freeman for one second, okay. just to say that it is an honor to watch him on screen every time he comes on screen. Yeah, I agree with I that. I love that man. I think he's amazing. And he plays off of Benedict Cumberbatch so well. So well. And he holds his own 
and he is just delightful. Mm-hmm. Like I smile from ear to ear when I see that man, that little ginge on the screen. He's the best. Is he a ginge? Who knows? I don't think so. I he think gives, he's a brunette. He gives ginge vibes. Okay. <laughs> ginge vibes. That's very, all that matters. Very Ron Weasley-esque. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to Benedict. Sorry, Monica. mom. It's okay. It's okay. We just gonna, we have to stay on track, you know. But this train wants to go out. <laughs> this train wants to leave the station. But I am a stallion, Chugga. and I need to Chugga. run. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so I had never seen Sherlock before. My only exposure to Benedict, actually, I think. Okay, this is kind of embarrassing. I obviously know who Benedict Cumberbatch is. I've seen some of his movies, but I hadn't seen like, I ha- the I hadn't seen anything that we watched for this. The only thing things I have seen him in are like random Shakespeare things. Me too. Like, because did like, you see the National Theater would like? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was them. in Frankenstein in the National Theater. Which, by the way, if you guys know anything about the National Theater. They have National Theater Live at home mm-hmm. where you can stream. And it's the shit. And it's the shit. It's so it's good. so good. <laughs> America needs to get on. Oh, yeah. And shit. I think they even still have Andrew Garfield's Angels in America. Oh, uh, yeah, they might. They might still have that. But yeah. Oh, oof. Oof. It's so, so good. I've seen him do some Shakespeare, some play stuff. And then I also saw him in Atonement, which he's very, very, very good in Atonement. Yes. But his role isn't very big. So obviously we wouldn't talk about it, right. um, but yes. So I hadn't seen any of this. And so I certainly had not seen Sherlock, which is like the thing he's arguably most famous for, except I mean, other than like Dr. Strange now, <laughs> but, yes. but Sherlock is when all the fucking girls started getting like really um, hot for Benny Cumberbatch. Yeah. And um, I didn't understand it because I was like, he kind of looks like a worm. It's fine. True. <laughs> um it's funny because uh and i had to look this up because i was like i don't want to get the title of this wrong i was gonna call it the hingy crown but that's not it um uh when i was in high school i became completely obsessed with this british series called the hollow crown Mm. which is just like a recreation of like king henry like the king henry like trilogy basically and like going back to like um Richard the third and like Benedict Cumberbatch plays like a young Richard the third and mm-hmm. like the war of the roses, like all that, all that good, good mm-hmm. basically. And I was obsessed with it. And I remember like watching Tom Hiddleston because it was Tom Hiddleston and Benedict Cumberbatch in one, in one epic tale. Incredible. And I remember watching him and being like, Oh my God, I love Tom Hiddleston. And I remember like it, that was my introduction to Benedict Cumberbatch right. was like seeing him in the hollow crown and being like, this guy's really good. And he's like, he, he does Shakespeare really well. Like, I wonder what else he can do. And then I found Sherlock and that was my introduction. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to hear what you got, like how you got introduced to him. Because I mean, like my introduction to him was him playing um, that role in atonement where he's like awful. He's an awful human being. Um, and so it was interesting to see, to watch Sherlock and have that be like kind of the total opposite. I mean, he does have a tendency to play these like very unlikable characters. Yeah, these like very abrasive characters. That people like warm to kind of reluctantly or like out of necessity and then they kind of come around to him. But he's like having a really good time in Sherlock, which I've never seen Benedict Cumberbatch do before. No. Um, (laughs) One of my favorite moments in the pilot is when... He and Watson and 
uh, what's her, what's the landlady's name? Mrs. Crumpet. <laughs> I don't think it's Mrs. Crumpet. Who but, knows what it is? <laughs> but they're all in the flat that uh-huh. they're like renting, and uh, the the detective inspector man who is trying to get this fucking crime solved, mm-hmm. who, who for some reason is so unqualified for yes. to do his own goddamn job. That's why they need Sherlock. That he like relies on Sherlock. <laughs> obviously oh my god and so they need to do some strategic planning up in that bitch Mm -hmm. um and so they're all like sitting there and the detective inspector is like hey my guy like i need some help please like we don't know what's happening like come through basically and he leaves and like tells sherlock where to meet him and sherlock is like playing it cool he's like yeah whatever like i may i may not go whatever Mm -hmm. and then he leaves and Sherlock literally immediately is like giddy and like completely happy that like <laughs> that like this opportunity has been like presented to him because it's not just suicides, it's like murders. Yeah, he's like, I'm so excited. He's like, it's like Christmas, Mrs. Crumpet, whatever the <laughs> fuck you said. Crumpet. He's like, it's like Christmas. And in that moment, you see like the genuine joy in uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's face, and you're kind of sitting there like, I don't think I've ever seen you smile. <laughs> Well, and what's funny is like he keeps referring to himself as like a sociopath in the show. He's like, oh, well, I'm a sociopath, which is why I have no emotions. And I'm like, I don't actually think you're a sociopath because no sociopath talks about being one. No. Uh, (laughs) I think that was like for the show. Right. And so like their depiction of that is a bit caricature-y, but it is really fun. It's fun to see him like play with that. And he is, he's, when I think of Benedict Cumberbatch's acting style, it's very like, precise yes he's very methodical um he's very like quiet but also like kind of quick and he's like very kind ar- of articulate yeah he's super articulate um and so i think this role really suited him it like really took all of his best qualities as an actor and was like well let's put them in a role there you go because he's also very quirky mm-hmm. and he does a lot of work with his body yes uh like his fingers are very bony and long and like he in specifically in the pilot like he uses them a lot to like set the tone for his character mm-hmm. he's always thinking he's always using his fingers to like kind of like pluck things out on the violin or like run experiments like he's just very like he moves like a spider kind of <laughs> Yeah, like it's one thing I think for an actor to be like in their body, but Benedict Cumberbatch is very aware that the way that he looks is influential to a character. It's very important. He has a very like, he has an incredibly distinct face that will affect things. And like, so he's, I think, hyper aware of that and really knows how to use it to his advantage, which I appreciate a lot. It's like what he did when uh, he did that movie, one of them Hobbit movies, (laughs) one of them Lord of the Rings movies. One of them Lord of the Rings Where he played the giant snake. Sure. Yeah, when he was clearly in his body. Yes. On the screen. (laughs) Yes. Wasn't he what, the Sauron? Yes, Sauron? he was Sauron the snake. That's not a snake, right? His name's Smaug. Smaug. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a dragon. What is Sauron? That's the eye thing, right? Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. He's not the snake? Who's a snake then? There isn't a there snake. Is no snake. <laughs> <laughs> then what does he play? A dragon. A dragon. Aaron said that. Sauron the dragon. Sorry, Sauron. Sorry, Sauron. Aaron's so mad at Smaug. Smaug. Smaug? Smaug? Yeah. Smaug. The one, the song that Ed Sheeran wrote about the movie. 
I see fire <laughs> inside the mountain. I see fire under the snake. Smaug. Smaug. Have you had a smaug track recently done on your vehicle? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> the point that I was trying to make is he's just like smaug. Aaron's mad. <laughs> Didn't he do... <laughs> Do the motion capture? I don't know. For the snake? Uh, the dragon? <laughs> I have no idea. Well, he was like slithering. Like a, like a dragon? Like a dragon? <laughs> like a s- dragon? Like a s- dragon? <laughs> I'm sorry to everyone who, who like loves like the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit and all that. And Smaug. Sorry for getting it wrong. But it's okay. to be really honest, I don't keep track of those things. <laughs> dragon, snake. Dragon, snake, potato, worm. Potato, potato. I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> He's, he was good in all of it. <laughs> um, I think like the, because obviously this is a pilot, so I don't have like a million things to say about it. Monica, stop slithering. <laughs> so obviously, because this is a TV show, I don't have a million comments about it. But um, what I will say is that I now want to keep watching Sherlock. I've never seen him so now I want to keep watching it. It's a fantastic um, show. Because he's just, he's a really fun actor to watch, even if like the content of what he's doing is not always fun. I am like entertained by watching Benedict work personally. Yeah. yeah. There's something very magnetic about him that's a little bit indescribable. It's it's very interesting because it reminds me of like SpongeBob and Patrick, mm-hmm. the whole like dynamic between... Dr. Watson and uh-huh. Sherlock. It's funny because Dr. Watson is like a genius in his own right. Like he was an army doctor. Yeah. He's a very smart man. He's a fucking doctor. Like, yeah. But somehow against Sherlock, he's like a, a pebble, you know? I mean, and it's, everyone is. Well, that's the thing. It's like they set up this world and Benedict does such a good job of being like the star, mm-hmm. like the true star, the true center of the universe. Like he's the fucking sun. And Watson's just like the little moon, like trying to catch up behind him. (laughs) And I just think it's very funny because like there are so many incredible actors on that show. Mm -hmm. And I mean, of course, like it's it's a fucking British television show. It's going to be fucking amazing. And it's like it's just one of those things where you're watching Benedict Cumberbatch and you're sitting there like, okay, like. I don't know how you do it, but you make everything seem really important. Yeah. And you make everything seem very urgent in a way that the script like doesn't demand. Like the script doesn't say like, make this urgent, make this like the things coming out of his mouth are not very like (laughs) important. Right. But somehow the way that he says it in the pilot of Sherlock is like, everything is very meticulous. Everything's very important. Everything needs to be done right now. Mm-hmm. And he's light years ahead of everyone else. So you're already behind. And you as the audience member, you as the viewer, you feel behind. He's like entire- Apple. Yes. <laughs> and you just feel like stupid as fuck. <laughs> you feel like the person who can't understand the operating system just yet. Yeah. You see the features, you know that they can be cool, but you don't know how to use them yet. You're like I, but I simply can't. And that's, then that is how he kind of chose to tackle this role. And it, and he delivers. I agree. That motherfucker. Deliver. He delivers. <laughs> he delivers like dominoes. <laughs> Whatever the British version of dominoes is. They have dominoes there. They do? Mm-hmm. No, they don't. Yes, they dominoes yes, is they do. dominoes is overseas? Yeah. Across the pond? Yeah. It's not particularly good over there. Do they there, have Yoshinoya over there? I don't think so. Hmm. They <laughs> might in Asia. But not in I don't think they have Yoshinoya. I don't know. What about 
Okay. Okay. Next. <laughs> we'll come back to this later. Okay. Moving on to the um, the next film slash. This is where this is where the episode gets sad. This is where it, the shit just starts to hit the fan. The rest, I mean, honestly, and Monica and I were talking about this. The, these next two movies are the characters are a little similar. They're basically the same character. <laughs> They're not, but they are similar. And uh, okay, I'm excited to talk about it. So this movie is the Imitation Game, which or came out, or the Imitation Game. <laughs> <laughs> this is. The Imitation Game, which <laughs> came out in 2014, directed by Morton Tildum, written by Graham Moore, based on the book Alan Turing, The Enigma by Andrew Hodges. During World War II, the English mathematical genius Alan Turing, played by Benedict Cumberbatch, tries to crack the German Enigma code with help from fellow mathematicians while attempting to come to terms with his troubled private life. <sighs> I did not think I would be entertained with a movie about math and war. (laughs) (laughs) But I was, Monica. (laughs) It's funny because uh, I also didn't expect to be entertained by it at all. Honestly, I went to go see it because Benedict Cumberbatch was in it. Because you were a Sherlock bitch. Because I I was a Sherlock bitch. Mm. Which, again, I would strongly recommend that you watch it. I think you really like it. Um, But... The Imitation Game took me by surprise in a lot of ways because it was not at all what I thought it was going to be about. (laughs) Like, I truly thought it was going to be like a war movie. Okay. And in a lot of ways it is, but in most ways it is not. Right. (laughs) It is the story about a man who is a little different, Mm -hmm. not unlike Sherlock Holmes. No. Who is smarter than everyone else, not unlike Sherlock Holmes, and who is hiding like a massive part of himself because the world hasn't caught up to who he is yet, basically. And um, I know that there was a lot of like beef with this movie when it came out. Was there? Um, There was. I was reading up on this and people were upset with like how... Because Kira Knightley is also in this movie, mm-hmm. she plays his his wife, right? Um, and they like don't they didn't love like how how like caring they were towards each other because apparently they weren't very caring towards each other, and um, they didn't like that like most of uh his like his queerness was like super uh, buried, and they thought that it should be like more more outward facing, like more of the focus of the story. But I think in reality, the story really wasn't about his queerness. It was more no. about like, it's him. literally about him. Yeah. Cracking it's the literally German about code. him cracking the motherfucking code. And part of doing that was hiding his identity at all costs. Yes. Which like, is hard for him. The queer story is incredibly secondary. I would, I don't even know if it's secondary. It might be third i think it's i think it's an accent yeah it's 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 more of like the 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 period at the end of the sentence Mm -hmm. to note like he did all of these things and then he was also this and people and he you know killed himself because of it well he killed himself because spoiler alert yeah they put him on chemical castration medication which basically what it is is they pump you full of like all of these hormones and chemicals that essentially stop like all semen production or whatever. Yeah. Um, and they also like 
do something do something funky to where you cannot use your your down there bits. Yeah. Um and it just it can make you very depressed for obvious, obvious reasons. reasons. And I mean he was in a lot of pain, et cetera. Yes, it's very painful. So yeah. So he he took his life and so that part of the story is more just like a isn't it so fucking awful how he did this incredible thing? And, and yet, also Yeah. He did he did this amazing thing that literally won them the war. Yeah. Like lit and also I was reading it literally was the basis for the modern computer. Mm-hmm. Can you believe that? Insane. That that early in history we had the fundamentals to build what what is today's computer. It's insane. It's like fucking insane. coming from one man. I know. Cracking this one fucking code. <sighs> it's so good. But yeah, it's it's interesting to think about so many incredible achievements being brought on by such a tortured man yeah like a, a man who wasn't allowed to to live the way that you know it, his authentic life and honestly like a man who had to suppress so much of his happiness just to work for the government yeah in order to win the war in order to pursue you know his tests to pursue his research like it's really sad it's a very sad movie it's it's a very sad movie I, what I will say is that like the the pursuit of cracking the code, he is able to keep it really, really exciting, um, which I consider to be a feat because it's a giant fucking computer. It's massive. <laughs> yeah. That now sitting in 2022, you're just like, can we just, can we just make it smaller? Can we just Google it? Can, can you just wiki it? How about turn it off and turn it on again? Did you try unplugging it and plugging it back in? <laughs> but yeah, so he manages to keep this this like kind of boring, I guess for lack of a better word, topic, like really exciting and like a game, but he is so clearly like hiding something within himself. But it's not just like his orientation, it's so many things. Like he he's he's like an outcast amongst his colleagues he is kind of like a shut-in he's hyper hyper intellectual in a way that like a lot of people just don't understand and appreciate and so he has to dial that back he's also he has like no filter and like not super traditional emotions like the way that he played it made me made it feel very like almost like he's on the spectrum or something like yeah. he's neurodivergent or in a way it um, did read that way. Yeah, I don't know if Alan Turing was, but that's kind of how it felt because of just like this l more lack of emotion, very analytical. Um, but he has to almost like hide his true intelligence in order to like, like relate know. to other people or yeah, like or even just to like fit in kind of or, or to even like be like day -to -day. tolerated by other yeah. people. And it's interesting because I have obviously never related to that kind of hyper intelligence. I don't think very many people on this planet can, no. but I have related to like feeling like an outcast and I'm mm -hmm. sure a lot of people have as well. And I think that's where Benedict kind of hooked you in. Yes. Because there are so many quiet moments with him in this film. He doesn't actually talk very much. A lot of what he says is very like direct and very about his work. And like, it's, it's interesting to watch him in those quiet moments because he actually says more in his quiet moments than he does when he's like actually like being, you know, he, when he's giving lines, like when yeah. he is, when he's speaking lines. And I found myself being more drawn in when he wasn't talking and when he was just like being 
there and taking up space than I was when he was talking or interacting with other characters like Kira Knightley's character um, and his boss and his like quote unquote boss because I don't know I'm not sure what the hierarchy I know that, part <laughs> of was that all is it was very confusing <laughs> I can you tell I don't understand like British the British like academic system no but also to be fair this movie does like some time jumps as well that are a, that are a, a little lot. confusing it's a little I will say the film itself is very mishmashy. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot that happens in it and um it's it's over a long period of time and it's very confusing because they do like a lot of those time jumps and you kind of can't keep up because everything kind of looks the same. Well, cuz it's only a jump of like 10 years. Yeah, and and so and if like that I, more, might be more like 7. Yeah, something like that. And so you're <laughs> kind of sitting there like all the wood looks the same, everyone's dressed basically yeah. the same, like there's not a lot that's changed about this, you know, in the time span of me being an audience member. So yeah, so that's the only thing that's my only beef with it, really. Yeah. Um, but Benedict really allows you to enter into the mind of this, like, sad and lonely but hyper-intelligent man and sucks you into this, like, code-cracking cra- process that, to in all fairness, would fucking bore me to death yes. <laughs> if he wasn't such a brilliant actor. Yeah, because like he makes you as interested in it as he is. Like he makes you as invested as he is. And for him, it's like, it's like he has to do this. It's like, you know, fucking cracking the code is like water for him. Yeah. Like that is what, that is what is driving him. And I do think in a way it is related to like him not being able to be his true self. So he like, he can put himself into his work because that is the one thing that is, appreciated at the end of the day and is considered essential by society is like this work that he's doing and watching him like blossom and like being able to feel important and like valued is really beautiful but it also makes it that much more fucking sad as the movie goes on because you do see a fair bit of it like post cracking the code once he's been put on these medications, et cetera. And it's really, really rough because he gets uh, convicted of gross indecency, I think was the charge. And instead of sending him to jail, because that would honestly be a waste of his talent, like a waste of his intelligence, a waste of his talent. So like, it would be a waste of an asset to them. Basically Mm -hmm. they instead just um, uh, like issue chemical castration on him and like, you know, essentially basically rob him of his like life. Yeah, because he's in so much pain. He's so sick all the time and he's incredibly depressed and he's still working like he's still like doing research, Mm -hmm. but it's not the same. And it's very interesting to watch Benedict like turn that like light off. It's almost like he like blew out a fucking candle. It's such a sad movie. It is. And you add on to it. So I've Okay, the 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 unfortunate part about taking two weeks to record an episode is that I sometimes forget. <laughs> Me too. I was like, did I watch this? Yes, and I so did. I was like, yeah, I don't really think that like his queerness played like a huge part in the movie. But then I remember that like he literally names the computer Christopher after the boy that he was in yes. love with. And I was like, oh shit, okay. Yes. He does play a pretty big part in it. But anyway, like it's just like that whole arc with like him when he used to be in school and Christopher and Christopher dying spoiler alert. And um, then him eventually telling, he tells Kira Knightley about he it. He right? tells his wife about yeah. it. He's like, sorry, my gal. Mm-hmm. Soy gay. 
<laughs> um, and I think it went over fine. As well as it could. I yeah. mean, yeah, but like this, it's, it's especially sad because he's going through all of this. He's being chemically castrated. He's so depressed just layers upon layers of sadness. And this is the first time he's able to openly mourn the death of like the one man he's ever loved. Yeah. And it's fucking heartbreaking. And watching this gave me like a way more respect for him as an actor than I did prior because I was like, holy shit. Like this is like, this is real acting. This is like the stuff that I miss when I see a lot of more modern movies. And I'm like, that's like the the process that runs really deep, like through your toes. Yeah. And you can really feel that like the bits and pieces of himself that he's had to like hoard away, somehow Benedict Cumberbatch is able to like pick up all those pieces and just like vomit them back onto us. And it's very, I don't know, like I, I found myself feeling incredibly delighted and also incredibly deeply sad that like this is what i was witnessing yeah and it's interesting that you say the bit about like him finally being able to mourn christopher because i totally got that like yeah that's something that was that was incredibly apparent from his performance as he was harboring all of this grief that he couldn't let go of and you almost felt the whole time like what are you holding on to like what is it (laughs) like what is this itch that i cannot scratch like i'm not getting the relief that i need yeah and then finally he's like able to finally mourn him but in a space that is less than ideal Mm -hmm. and in a and in a place in his life that is less than ideal right so like he's not mourning him in the in the arms of another lover right like he's mourning him at basically at the end of his life yeah and it's just so fucking sad. Which is tragic as fuck. Ugh. So yeah. <sighs> it's a doozy. It's a doozy. I would recommend watching it with a friend. <laughs> yeah. I mean, watch it. It's a great movie and it's not, I really expected it to be like a two and a half hour movie, but it's under two. It's under two. It's really good. Yeah. Um, like I said, it gets a little bit disjointed because it keeps jumping back and forth mm-hmm. and it's it's a little bit confusing because it's just it's just not enough time. Yeah. Everything looks exactly the fucking same. <laughs> there's browns, there's woods, there's old timey machinery. Like it's the same no matter how no yeah, matter what era you're in. They're just a little they're a vague. little too close together. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. anyway. Okay, Monica, bring it home. Give us number three. I'm going to bring it on home. Bring it home. Okay, ready? Yeah. This is it. The moment you've all been waiting for. (laughs) This is it. This is the most recent film, to my knowledge, that Benedict Cumberbatchio has been in. Yes. Besides the new Doctor Doctor, um, Strange movie. Yes. The, The multitude of... Multiverse. Yeah, that. Yeah. The Power of the Dog. <laughs> it came out in 2021, written and directed by Jane Campion. Correct. Who won Best Director at the Oscars for this. Who won Best Director at the Oscars for this. We'll talk about that later. Yes. <laughs> Based on the novel by Thomas Savage. Charismatic rancher Phil Burbank, played by Benedict Cumberbatch, our one true American, <laughs> inspires fear and awe in those around him when his brother, played by the one and only Jesse motherfucking Plemons. Oh, so good. Brings home a new wife, played by Kirsten Dunst, which, if you have not listened to our Kirsten Dunst episode, please go listen. Please go listen. That one was really good. That one was fun. And her son, Cody Smith McPhee, 
Phil torments them until he finds himself exposed to the possibility of love. Wow. This is the power of the dog. Woof. Woof. Woof, woof. Oh, dude. <laughs> um, I'm going to start this by saying I hate Westerns. She hates them. I watched this movie. I kind of enjoyed myself, kind of didn't. <laughs> I thought it was beautiful, and I thought it was beautifully shot. Uh-huh. Whoa. Whoa, is this a gorgeous fucking movie? Jane Campion, you know how to make a movie. Holy fucking shit, it's beautiful. You're a little annoying, but <laughs> Yeah, and you have a lot of, like, flower and vagina motifs throughout the film. It's very confusing. (laughs) It's very odd. She really wanted you to know a woman directed it. I think I, like, counted how many at one point because I was like, (laughs) this is getting out of hand. Yeah. Um, But anyway, it's a gorgeous movie. Um, And I'm going to be really honest. Benedict Cumberbatch was believable as a Western cowboy. Uh, yeah i believe it well i was very skeptical because as we said before like he has this very distinct look and he looks very british and so i was really concerned that like i would not be able to see past this like he his face looks very like statuesque yes he's very chiseled yeah but at the same time very play-doh-y it's very confusing strange so i was really worried but like i loved seeing him super stripped down Mm. he's usually so refined but he's like down he's like literally dirty yeah literally he has the fucking line who's like i stink and i like it (laughs) he does have that line it's incredible and he's he also like (laughs) talks about what being like a real rancher is yeah (laughs) and like the qualities of a real rancher yeah and he takes like we're used to seeing benedict cumberbatch being kind of a dick yes we're not used to seeing benedict cumberbatch being like evil for evil's sake yes and that that is what is different about his performance in this movie i will say though he is an intelligent man in this movie again yes he's very smart again i think he graduated from yale i think that's the university that they were referencing in the movie Mm -hmm. and how he was like an educated man and then came to live the rancher laugh on purpose (laughs) because they make that distinction like very clear in the movie that he is there like because he wants to be there and a lot of the other people that are there are there because they have to be there right and there's that distinction and that like like tension between him and his desire to just ranch (laughs) despite his education and everyone else being like dude what are you doing (laughs) yeah well this is one of the similarities that i saw with the imitation game is like i mean literally there is literally the similarity of and this is a big spoiler spoiler for power of the dog oh yeah is that um phil burbank is he's gay and he's closeted but he's like because it's like 1920 but he's like very closeted yeah, like extremely and so i think it's a lot of like he has so much of this inside of him and he know he there's like literally not like there isn't an option no he doesn't have an option to go do something about it so he, the only thing he can do is repress it and the easiest way for him to deal with it is by developing a bitter anger around it and doing something so stereotypically masculine as like working with your hands, being dirty, farming, yes. being mean to women. Yeah, being very mean to women. Very mean and to women. And he also rejects femininity in all of its forms, yeah. right? And so we see this in him rejecting Kirsten Dunst's character and and fucking demolishing her emotionally leading her to the bottle just let her be happy leading her to the bottle (laughs) and then uh kirsten dunce's son 
who is a very not like a feminine man but like a very like um he's i would say he's more feminine more i guess effeminate yeah i think that's like the that's i think the word that i'm looking for like because he like likes the arts yeah and he likes making paper flowers and he likes making paper flowers which yet another vagina reference yeah because he like sticks his finger in the flower it's really fucking weird yeah he um, thinks, but so does benedict and then yeah. benedict sets it on fire so yeah. you're like oh so you're like, gay got it got it girl <laughs> you don't like the vajayjay that's totes fine set it on fire set it on fire girl i see you <laughs> um and so and he rejects uh yes. kirsten dunn's son like yes. and publicly and he humiliates him and he like fucking like essentially does everything but like call him gay basically yeah and it is truly just out of hatred of himself and like mm-hmm. repression of his own sexual desires and his own romantic desires and his own like re- the repression of the most authentic part of himself basically yeah and so he's just a mean bitter fucking man and i i gotta tell you it was a fucking treat to watch benedict cumberbatch just be mean for mean sake yeah to be a mean old dog a mean old bastard like it was incredible. It was so good. But then, but then, oh, fucking Jane, I know you're problematic, but you did really good here. So problematic. Uh, <laughs> because you would have these like long tirades of just like absolute rage and evil. Testosterone. And, like, anger that was like so sickening. You're just like, fuck Stop, you. stop. Like I literally found myself yelling at the, because I watched this on my laptop. I found myself like yelling at the screen being like, stop, yeah. like just stop it already. And then they would have those moments and then immediately like juxtapose it with him crawling through that hole that he makes in the forest yes. and like covering himself. Like there's so much beautiful Ooh, symbolism like, in this movie. The gorgeous, like uh, I think they're like handkerchiefs or kerchiefs. Yes. And they're these beautiful, like, I, I don't know what uh, what material they are, but they're, like, silky, mm-hmm. and they're gorgeous, and he, like, runs his hands through them, and I'm just like, how yeah. could you, so, like, have a moment like this that's so beautiful, and all at the same time have the potty mouth that you've got, sir? I mean, he plays both so well, and I love how there is this, like, physical, like, there's a physical space where yes. he's allowed to be like this, it's so it's incredible symbolism and like i love how it is like a ritual for him where when he goes through this path in the forest he's like okay now i can be myself in this clearing now i can be naked i can be vulnerable he like that's the only time he bathes is yes, when he's in, in that, that little in that little spring lake thing i wouldn't even call it a lake it's so small <laughs> and then he takes this kerchief that belonged to a man that he loved it belonged to his like mentor yeah. slash man that he loved which when i found that out i was like oh jolly, golly gee that's <laughs> so crazy and he like runs it over his face in the sunlight and he's like and yes. you're just like oh my god and bro you're like, live your best life and benedict has such a soft quality to him yeah and he softens his face in a way that is so childlike and so like i i kind of got choked up a little bit like mm-hmm. during the scenes where he is alone and he is just like at, in honestly enjoying his company for the first time because in the movie he doesn't enjoy his own fucking company because he hates himself yeah he hates himself so much but in the clearing like 
he's obsessed with himself and he's like obsessed with like who he is and his body and like his place in the world and you just see his body relax you see his face relax you see his eyes relax like this man has been holding so much tension and then he snaps back into being phil fucking burbank Mm -hmm. and it is jarring like it is such there's no fluidity there. Mm-hmm. There's no fluidity between who Phil Burbank is and who the man in the clearing is. There, There is none. Yeah. It's like literally night and day. And it's interesting to watch like these two personalities of the same man like fight for the spotlight essentially. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like Phil Burbank, like with everyone else, not the Phil Burbank in the clearing. Um, but like- Let's call him clearing man. <laughs> Phil Burbank, it's- like yes it is he is covering up his like true self but i think even further than that he's like punishing himself actively every moment of every day it's like he into and this is like i think the whole thing about him not bathing is so, so fucking brilliant because it's like he's trying to make himself as dirty as possible in every sense of the word as like a way of as a way of punishing himself it's like he's like he's like crucifying himself because of all of his inner hatred Mm -hmm. it's insane and it's funny because that's very apparent when he becomes a clearing man as opposed to when he's phil burbank because when he's clearing man he's enjoying himself but then Mm -hmm. he goes right back to being phil burbank and he's like I'm not allowed to enjoy my life. Yeah. Like, I am not allowed to be clean. I am not allowed to enjoy music or women or anything but these hooved cattles and my pants. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's horrible. It's horrible. It's like, it's so, so sad because like, especially him and him and Kirsten, they have incredible chemistry. Oh, so good. But like, the rage between them is so good, but it's also so sad because you're like, he wants to connect on like a very uh, way deep down inside. He wants to connect, but like even being kind to women is so hard is seen as effeminate. And it's, he just, he just can't bring himself to do it because you're like in another world, these two people would be friends, Yeah, but like them being friends to him equates I'm gay, which no one can know. Exactly. And so you get this man who has no right to be treating Kirsten Dunst's character in this way, humiliating her, like publicly humiliating her, uh, abusing her verbally, like, trying his best to essentially make her life a fucking living hell and in reality he like that's what he's doing to himself right and she's just in the way unfortunately mm-hmm. and so it's just one of those situations where it's like of course you have to blame him because it's he's an adult it's his actions but at the same time you're like man girl if you would have just gotten out of the way like you just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time in his life yeah like and she became like a punching bag for him. Mm-hmm. And in reality, he's really just doing that to himself. Yeah. And it's just a damn, damn shame that she she was just standing right there in his life. Yeah. Because, so punchable. Because it is what also influenced his influences his death yes. ultimately. Because yeah. so he doesn't kill himself no. in this movie, but in a weird like obviously he doesn't do it. The kid does it kind of. Yeah. Mm. Yeah 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 
(laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But in a weird way, it's almost set up like he does it to himself because he does it because he's this terrible person. Like this kid would not have killed him. If he wasn't so- If he wasn't so awful. Well, that's kind of why I was like, eh, because like the kid kind of did like the town a service. Yeah, he did like everyone a service. He's like, this guy is being so fucking, is making my, is killing my mother. Literally, because again, he drove her to the bottle. Yes. And so to the point where it's like, like true alcoholism, bad, like bad. bad, bad. Yeah. And y'all know they were drinking like skunk poison back then. <laughs> and so <laughs> this kid, I mean, he, he like, they, they'd been making ropes together out of rawhide. And so yeah. he intentionally like goes and gets a cat, like the skin of a cat cow that died of anthrax and uses it for the rawhide and then benedict handles it unknowingly and gets anthrax and dies um and so i think it was just a very smart way to kill someone by the way super fucking smart. i was like go dude <laughs> super fucking smart so good but they made a point of being like but he always handled he never handled diseased animals and, and you watch him oh, fucking castrate no. a bull by hand. It was disgusting. Yeah, so gross. That th- I, I will say this movie was very gross. There were some gross things in this movie. Yeah. yeah. But um, it it's just so sad that when he starts connecting with this kid, mm-hmm. who, well, I mean, he's probably like, what, 15, 16? I think, he, I think he is like a true 15 in this movie. Yeah, he's a teenager. So when he starts connecting with him, you're like, finally, he is realizing that he can be like softer but it weirdly starts bringing up sexual tension, which is yeah, also it, not appropriate. It really backfires yeah. on the movie's behalf, basically. Like yes. it just fucking, ba- the whole goddamn thing backfires because it just starts getting like very, dare I say like creepy and yeah. weird. Yeah. Because the sexual tension is there, but, and Benedict Cumberbatch is brilliant for this. He just makes it feel very like dry. Yeah. Like there is not... There is not a a comfortable hand in the house. Everyone's hands are dry and you just feel very like, should I be feeling okay right now? Like this feels a little weird. Yeah. And there's nothing you can really do about it. Yeah. (laughs) You're kind of like in the middle of the desert, like wanting a drink of water. And you're like, Uh well, I guess I'll wait another 90 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, it is super uncomfortable. And then you're kind of like, I'm kind of glad you're dead. Yeah. But I'm also like, man, you never got to live the life you could have lived. Yeah, I just wish your life had gone differently. There are so many, like, he would have had to undo a lot of shit in order to make up for his bad behavior. Mm -hmm. So I really don't, I think that death was kind of like the only answer for him. It was the only way out. Yeah. But like, it does make you really wish that he was able to live a different life. It's it's very sad, but it's super fucking powerful performance. Very good very incredible performance i will say and yeah. he 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 genuinely took my breath away yeah in a way that is very different from how how i felt in him or with him in sherlock mm-hmm. and how i felt with him in imitation game i mean it really is just like a very level different. up it was like it was like we got like uh benny to cumberbatch light and then we paid the 99 cents and got like the full app yeah that's <laughs> That is how I felt about his performance in Power of the Dog. Yeah. Like, if he had won uh, Best Actor or whatever, yeah. not that, honestly, not that I give a fuck about the Oscars, but <sighs> if he had won, I would have been like, okay, like, I'm down. Yeah, I would have been like, 
Well deserved. Well deserved. Well deserved. I think yeah. people were thinking he was going to win. I thought he was going to win. And yeah. it was funny because I, I had only thought that after I'd watched Power of the Dog. Because if I'm being really frank with you, like, I again, I try to stay away from Westerns. And I really wasn't planning on watching this movie. Well. And I'm, I mean, I'm really glad that we watched it for the for the pod because I would not have watched it. Also on, Kirsten on is own. really good. And it. Kirsten is so good. And we, the only reason why we didn't do her uh, do this movie for her in the last episode is because we knew we were doing this one for Benedict. Yeah. Yeah. But she was so good. She was really good. She was pulling some melancholia bullshit. I was going to say movie. really comparable to melancholia. This Very whole comparable. time I was just like, let Benedict be gay and let Kirsten be happy. Yes. Come on. Come on, you guys. <laughs> Let's make it unapologetic for once. Please. Please. Oh, oh God. Well, that was Benedict. That was Benedicio Comrbaccio. Si, Prince of Italy. So crazy, so famous. <laughs> the fame, the fame. Um, but yeah, so good. I'm very happy with this spread. It was very spicy. We've never really done like a TV show before. I know. We did a movie that was super recent, which we've been on one lately doing, we have been doing recent films and it's felt pretty dang good yeah i've enjoyed it i've enjoyed it a lot um and you know did this movie change my mind about westerns no but it's fine i, I also don't think it was like a true western it, it felt more like a like a psychological e-thriller kind of it was also just kind of like historical fiction yeah in a way, almost. like a period piece yeah it was just like a period piece that had like like those like elements of like yeah. Uh, I don't like the whole cattle lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big fan of cowboys. Not a fan of cowboys. Yeehaw. I love the yeehaw life, but the yeehaw life don't love me. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> Monica, what have you dabbled in? Dude, what haven't I dabbled in? Tell me everything. I have done all of the things. First of all, I've been getting over being sick and it's been atrocious. Incredible. But it's fine. Also, um, I very, very recently went to go see a play called uh -huh. the Lehman Trilogy. Yes. Which I have to do Jessica yeah, to go see take again. Me to see it. Um, it's a three hour long play. <laughs> Incredible. So it I went against my own philosophy of like I really need things to be like ninety minutes long. <laughs> Plays I feel like are different. Plays are very, very different. There was two fifteen minute intermissions and usually like you know, I kind of just suck it up because I, I do love theater and I like, I want to go like experience it, right? which you can only really do if you like grin and bear it. And mm -hmm. then at the end you're like, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, I was very happy because for a while I was kind of starting to like lose faith in my like love of theater for a while mm -hmm. because I hadn't seen it in so long. I hadn't seen like good theater in so right. long and going to go see like, you know, a Broadway show in New York is like one thing. But it's not the thing that's going to, like, revive my love for theater. No. <laughs> like, I could literally just pop on a DVD of the same, of the same like, taped version of the musical. And it's going to generate the yeah. same feeling. Yeah. Of, like, cool. Kick line. <laughs> like, fun. Um, so, uh, I will say, like, it, it genuinely made me excited about theater again in a way that, that I haven't felt in, I think, like, a few years now. So, it's been good. It's been, like, it was very, very good. I felt very like I love. Oh, it was directed by Sam Mendes. I love Sam Mendes. I love anything that man touches. We love that man. Oh, I love. We that almost man. did an episode on him, uh, but unfortunately, and I hope that you guys can just get it from what I'm saying, we couldn't do it because one of the biggest films 
that Sam Mendes has directed features an actor that is no longer with us in oh, Hollywood. I don't, I didn't, we did, we didn't do it because no one was going to listen to it. <laughs> well, I mean that and that. <laughs> There's plenty of stuff to talk about with Sam yeah. that isn't that. That and that. It's great. It's so sad because it's like literally one of my favorite movies know, of all time. I'm it's sorry. so annoying. Why do men have to ruin everything? Ugh, seriously. Ah! <laughs> What have you dabbled in? Um, I wrote a giant paper for school. Yes, she did. That and was I can exciting. I can attest to this. I was there for her missing things to write this paper. She did. And then she saw me quickly scroll through the document so I could show her the my family chart at the end. It was very long. It was very impressive. Very Thank graduate. You. Thank you. Thank very you. graduate. Thank you. Um, I did that. Also, I ordered an at-home gel manicure kit. Yes, she did. Um, it arrived today. She was supposed to bring it for the record, but, but I'm, I'll bring it on Friday. Her loyalty. I'll is- bring it on Friday. We can do. We can have manicure night. Manicure and pizza night. Manicure and pizza night. Manicure night. <laughs> I will say pizza night is alive and well, you guys. Yeah. I don't know when the last time we talked about pizza night was, but we had it last week. We had, no, we had it the week before. We're very consistent. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but no, we've kept it up since we first had the first pizza night. Yeah, dude. We've crazy? been on top of that shit. We've I been know. switching up the flavors. Listen, Friday night is pizza night. What flavor should we do this week? Flavor flavor. Flavor flavor. I don't know. Uh, we've so had flavor. a lot of requests for the Buffalo <laughs> chicken pizza. Oh, I don't want to make that pizza. It's just so hard. It's so hard. And I don't like the fennel. There's so much fennel in it, but I like fennel. You I don't like it because do. you think it tastes like licorice. Well, I don't like the seeds and the seeds are in it. I If we could just omit the fennel seed, I'd be chilling. Well, what would we add Instead. I don't. I don't think you need to add anything. I don't think it needs that herbaceous depth that the fennel gives it. It gives it like too much. But like, okay, there are so many herbs in that herb thing. Herb. You're literally just getting rid of one herb. <laughs> okay, we're gonna go fight about herbs. Yeah, I was gonna say air. like we'll probably just get into like an actual tussle about herbs. herbs. Jessica doesn't like cilantro, and I do. Discuss. <laughs> <laughs> Debate. Debate. Pro con. <laughs> <laughs> Rebuttal. <laughs> but oh <laughs> all right all right well everyone let's blow this popsicle stand until next week i but we swear like we un- swear ne- next, next week, week promise we will Maybe. show up no we will <laughs> we will congratulations again susan thank you susan for You're so good i cannot wait to uh i was gonna say to meet your child but well we haven't met you yet but yeah, we'd love to you know <laughs> Look out in the mail for that onesie, Susan. Yeah, girl. Send us that address first. Send us that Addy girl. Yes, girl. (laughs) All right, Monica. Mm -hmm. On that note, don't don't sue us, us, Daddy Favreau. Ooh. Wow. (laughs) Good night, Monica. Good night, Jessica. Happy Thursday. (laughs) It's tomorrow when the episode comes out. Happy Thursday. Yeah, whatever.